0: The We Are Wakefield podcast, produced by Starda Media, creating content to wow your audience.
1: Welcome back to the We Are Wakefield podcast. I'm Claire Southerly, Managing Director of We Are Wakefield, and this is episode two. Today we're joined by Rachel Smith of Clutter Is The Enemy and Claire Roberts of Rutley Clark Unique Homes. Rachel and Claire talk properties, mindsets, and how they've collaborated to great effect. Welcome to the We Are Wakefield podcast. Today I've got Rachel Smith from Clutter Is The Enemy and Claire Roberts from Rutley Clark Unique Homes. So Rachel, welcome. Welcome Claire. Hello. Hello. So we're here at Stardom Media again at Calder Park in Wakefield in the rather plush Um, podcast suite so chill relax let's have some good conversation so Rachel so tell us about Rachel Smith who you are
2: and how you've got to this point that you're at today so I'm Rachel Smith I am a proud mum of two girls and little Keith who you met. I love Keith. (laughs) Explain who Keith is. (laughs) He's he's my new puppy. He's the son that we never had and we're never going to have. (laughs) Um, And yeah, he's just taken over everybody's lives, but that's fine. Um, I've been running Clutter is the Enemy for two and a half years. That was my lockdown baby. I wasn't going to have a real one. Mm -hmm. So I um, got made redundant and it was one of my now or never moments My very lovely patient husband said, you know, you've always wanted to do something with houses, so do it now. Okay, so before we move on to what clutter
1: is the enemy actually is, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about you. So what's your background? So two and a half years ago, who was Rachel before that?
2: Um, Rachel was a non-risk taker, or so she was telling herself. Um she was in employment in jobs which she liked, but she never loved. Her friends told her that she was a bit wasted doing what she was doing and she needed to be doing something more creative. But I think the same thing happened to me that happens to a lot of people and particularly women, when you get to a certain age and you have kids and you've got a mortgage and you've got responsibilities, you kind of put yourself in a little box. And you sort of stop yourself being the person that you are because you've got to give your time and your energies to other people. And um, I think I said I'm a reformed risk taker because (laughs) I always used to tell myself that I was risk averse. And actually, when I look at my life up to the age of 30, all I did was take risks. Mm. But I'd kind of forgotten that because I had to just put myself in a box and say, no, you're not allowed to do that now because you've got other people, you've got lives to like <laughs> keep the going. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think when I got made redundant and I had this chance to take a massive leap of faith and it was the biggest risk I've ever taken and we've taken as a family, um, it made me remember who I am a little bit. And I opened the lid of that box and I thought, oh, no, actually, I am creative. And, you know, I do like taking risks and I do like pushing myself out of my own comfort zone. And it's kind of over the last two and a half years where I've been doing this, I've become the best version of me because I've remembered who I am and I'm playing to all my strengths because I've basically made my own job up. (laughs) I'm just doing everything that I enjoy. But it's had a knock on effect in every other part of my life because I am so happy in what I'm doing that it's just made me a happier person and therefore my family gets sort of the best of me. That's good. So where did the idea come from? So
1: tell us us a little bit about Clutter is the Enemy. It's a great name. Came where did, up with where the name, did the name come from?
2: Came up with the name uh, when we're in Zap Thai in Leeds, other Thai restaurants available. <laughs> <laughs> we're with a load of friends and I was I was I'd already been thinking about doing something for six months-ish, but not really actually gonna do it. Just if I did, <laughs> what would I call it? And you know, going through all those sort of thought processes. And clutter is the enemy, just seemed to sum up everything that I was thinking because people take it quite literally as it being clutter that's in front of you but actually for me it was always the clutter in your head that was stopping you doing what you want to do and being who you want to be Um and because I'd always been interested in houses I'd always family and friends had always asked me If they wanted to do any renovations or they wanted to change paint colours, they'd always come to me and say, oh, what do you think? And it's always something that had sort of come naturally to me. And when I was still working, I did um, an interior design diploma just as a hobby. Like I was saying before, just getting a piece of me back and some me time every Mm -hmm. evening. I'd just sit there for like two hours and, and do something that I enjoyed. And I found it really easy, and I was like, "Oh, somebody's telling me something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I got made redundant, I was like, right, how am I going to frame this? What is it going to look like? And it actually started off staging houses for people to sell them. Well, as it turned out, it was houses that weren't selling. Um, and I got in touch with a, an independent estate agent, not Claire, but similar to Claire, and... Um, and he gave me five houses to sell that hadn't staged. But when I talked to these people, I realised that the houses weren't sta- weren't selling because the people were unhappy. They were all selling for negative reasons and you could feel it in the house. And it was kind of... That was a bit of a turning point for me and the business when I realised that actually... I was more interested in helping change the lives of the people than change what the spaces looked like. So it came very much from looking at a house as an inanimate object to the space as a way of transforming people's lives. And these people, if I staged the house so that they could sell it, they sold it quicker. They sold it for more money, and then they couldn't move on with their lives. And so it was the moving on literally but also emotionally um, and that was kind of what solidified for me what I wanted to do and it wasn't just about the space, it was about the people. So there's quite a lot of psychology behind this then Lots, really. Yes. And a lot of estate agents say to me, "How do you, how do you have these conversations with these people without offending them?" I mean, you've you <laughs> you know what it's like. Claire, don't yeah, you when, I do. <laughs> you know, some, somebody's got something in the house. You know, like it could be a bright red wall, or it could be you know lots of pictures of animals and dogs and kids everywhere. And you have to say to people, you know, that's you need to sort of get rid of that. <laughs> but it's mm. how do you say it to mm. them? But when somebody invites you into their home, it's a very personal thing. And I just make it clear to people that actually, once you've decided to move, then it's not your house anymore because you've already moved out in your head. And so nothing that I say is a criticism of how these people live. It's just looking at it objectively through the eyes of the next person so who is it that you're selling the house to what are they looking for and how can we present it in a certain way and as soon as you explain it that way to people they are like oh yeah yeah fine it's absolutely fine do what you want you know I'll change anything because it's just reframing things and Mm -hmm. you know an estate agent is is interested in the sale I mean Claire goes a bit further than most (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not part of that I'm not part of the sale what I do is completely separate so it's a lot easier for me to have conversations with people that's a bit more personal and sort of may offend them but I've never had anybody yet that's been offended. That's good
1: mm. um, because I can see how there's a lot of emotional attachment to homes and yes. possessions Yeah. do you come across that quite a lot where there's
2: kind of really strong attachments to to items I think people tell themselves a lot of stories and especially if there's items that are connected to people who are no longer here um, or things that we've been left by people that are no longer here or things we've been gifted by people Um, and in my experience there's very very few things that people actually won't let go of because they really love it and it really means so much those things are very few and far between, and normally it's just people telling themselves stories why they can't get rid of things, not why they want to keep it. Yeah, and it's a very different thing. Um, and when you explain to people that actually that item doesn't, um, that's not what connects you to that person, that doesn't typify your relationship with that person, it's just an object then they kind of see things in a different way. And when you explain to them, they just need to give themselves permission to let things go, Um, then they do. It's interesting
1: because you put on your website um, that you take your clients on a journey to reset their narrative. Yeah. I like that. So where does
2: that come from and what what does that look like? Um, Because everything in your home is emotive, because we're human (laughs) we all have emotions and when there's more than one person living in a home then it's doubly emotive and it can get quite difficult Um, a lot of people are entrenched in the past and they're not always it's not always a happy past either we've all got things in our past that you know we want to forget and sometimes we don't let ourselves forget and we keep going back and we keep revisiting and you end up in sort of a negative cycle um and when somebody a third party comes into your home somebody that you don't know that doesn't know you that doesn't know anything about your story gives you the permission to give yourself permission to say hang on i'm going to close a door on that now and i'm going to open another door to the future it's just about showing people that actually there is light at the end of the tunnel that you can make changes um And it's guiding them through that process because it's hard. Making change is very difficult. It's a lot easier to just stay as you are and just accept the status quo for what it is. Because sometimes it means, it might mean disagreements. (laughs) You know, it might mean having to let go of things that you've told yourself you can't let go of. But actually, you just need somebody who's looking at it objectively and can say, you know, if you do this, then this will happen and once you explain it to people and once you say to them look I am not going to just leave you to do this on your own I am here with you to guide you through this process um, then it, it does make a massive difference and people all of a sudden when you, it's amazing to see people step out of the negative cycle into the positive cycle you can just literally see it in front of your eyes mm-hmm. and to see somebody change to see them from being anxious and worried and overwhelmed to then excited and making future plans it's just the best feeling in the world i can imagine job satisfaction off mm. the scale mm. and that's and that's goes across the three things that i do it that's home staging because people have got too much stuff they can't sell the house because it's a mess and it's too personal and they need to start with the process of moving before they actually move and it's a mental process as much as a physical process It's also the clutter, obviously, because you've got to... Trying to make a start if you've got a real issue with clutter is very, very difficult. Mm. But even picking paint colours can be really painful and a really difficult process for people because quite often they're not unpicking that from something that's happened in the past. And, you know, it's just... It's all interlinked. And it's not... I mean, I joke all the time that my job is just cushions and plants (laughs) 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 because essentially it is (laughs) but there's so much more that goes on underneath that and some people really can't understand why you know people can't pick a paint color Mm. or they can't just pick up a, a bin bag and start tidying up it's a lot more than that and like you say it all comes down to sort of emotions and psychology and and all the rest of it and it's you know it's people's lives you're dealing with.
1: It is, it is. I mean, Claire. So we'll 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 come over to you. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, Rutley Clark Unique Homes. Uh-huh. So yep. estate agents with a difference.
3: Yeah. So we'll come on to that shortly. Okay. But tell us about Claire Roberts. Um, I'm Claire. I'm married to Darren. I've got two kids, Chloe and Edward. I've got a stepson. Hayden and I feel like me and Rachel are, are keen on quite a few things but also naming pets because we've got Jeff. Nice.
1: <laughs>
2: Jeff and Keith. <laughs> <laughs> a All in a have, have Jeff and Keith met?
1: No they definitely not
3: want to meet because Jeff is a British Blue short hair uh, cat. Cats. Oh okay. so I don't think he'd want to meet cat. Okay that's um, fine. But it's just the naming thing yeah. 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 Um, so yeah and um, quite a similar story I guess like um, our business was born out of redundancy but actually my husband's redundancy like um I used to work in recruitment I was sales director for a recruitment company um working with the pharmaceutical industry and all our business was down south so I was traveling a lot had kids so I was like "Ugh, this doesn't fit yeah um like I think a lot of people get to that point um my husband got made redundant this time and I managed to um Convince him that a great investment for his redundancy (laughs) would be in me. (laughs) Um, Happy life, happy life. (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, So, yeah, so we went on a bit of a journey. I managed to coincide the redundancy with having our second child, with having Edward, and setting up our own business. And at the time, we didn't really know what we wanted to do. Um, So we looked at all sorts of different franchises and things and came upon, and I was like, estate agency fits, we've bought and sold houses, had rubbish experiences, I can do better than that. Um, We were landlords anyway, we've got a property, the rent out, etc. So I thought, actually, and I love houses, like, I already had the right move up, I was on it all the time, even though we had no intention of moving. So you're like me, you just...
1: Like looking at people's yeah, houses, I I just like who doesn't? I know. There's there's, <laughs> yeah. there's no greater hour spent than trawling through estate yeah. agents online. Oh,
3: is there? It's great, isn't it? Yeah. So um, and I still love it now. Mm. Um, so yeah. So that's what we did, and we had a franchise, estate agency franchise for five years, which was good. Uh, but it wasn't really doing exactly what I wanted to do. I found after doing it for a few years that um. I had a bit of a skill for selling houses that had been unsold before with other houses with other estate agents mm-hmm. um and also that I really believed in the marketing like nothing drove me madder than seeing like toilet seat up or, or rumpled <laughs> bedding or remote controls in the photos of other estate yeah. agents um it just it was just like why why can't you just move that for the photo so um so out of all that, in lockdown also.
1: <laughs> well, that, that's interesting as well, isn't yeah. it? Because we hear such negative stories about lockdown and how, I mean, genuinely people really struggled. Course, people, yeah. you know, were affected in so many ways. But you've really flipped that, the both of you, haven't you? That you've, you've taken it and you've, you've put it on its head and you've made something really positive out of it. And how brave... Well, yeah. necess- necessity is
2: the mother of invention, isn't Absolutely, it? Yeah. absolutely. I do say as
3: well, you know, in every obstacle is an opportunity, Absolutely. Isn't it? And yeah. And yeah.
2: like I was saying, though, it, it's kind of, it's the age we're at as well. And it's that, do you know what? I'm going to do this for me.
3: Yeah, and I think like Rachel as well, I'd had at the back of my mind... Well, we had an initial three-year deal with a franchise, and after that i put it on a roll in three months because I knew I didn't want to do that permanently, mm. but I still limped along for another two years doing mm. it until I got into lockdown. And then I was like, right, I'm sat here at home. I can't go out and sell houses right now, but what I can do <laughs> mm-hmm. is reinvent my own agency. So that's what we did. And Rutley Clark was born out of that, if you like, um, purely to focus on... Um, you know, making houses look beautiful with all their marketing, but also, I guess, going a little bit of a step further in that we do do. Help people present their houses, but not to the extent that Rachel does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, your tagline on your website is a straight talking Yorkshire estate agency, which I love because the, well, that's what we know for us Yorkshire folk yeah. we? and, yeah. and us, us wakey people as well. You know, we're yeah. straight talking. Uh-huh. So, what sets you aside then? What makes you different? Um,
3: I think. I mean, I'm not saying that no other estate agents care. Of course, they do. But I just feel like we we really genuinely care. That's what I was gonna say. They do care. Mm.
2: <laughs> they can see it in how yeah. they are and everything they do. Attention they to detail. They take so much care. Mm. I know that
3: like we'll go. We have to. We we have to now visit all our clients before we go on the photo shoot day to pre warn them, because especially if they've been on the market before, they used to. A photographer turning up on their own, whizzing round, half an hour, doo, 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 and off they go. There's nobody there to make sure. You know, the photographer, with be the best will in the world, they're probably paid on per job. Um, They've got so many jobs to get done in a day, and therefore they want to be in and out. They're not going to start moving things. Well, they, the they get paid
2: it. the same whether they do or they don't. Exactly. And so most of them won't. Plus,
1: I mean, they're photographers, they're not interior designers, they're not estate agents, they don't necessarily know what's going to sell a house. So without that guidance and that specific shot list
3: or or whatever, then... Yeah, yeah. And, and so we go along, we're there before the photographer, we will make sure every room is presented to its best and actually um like we've just done a house and the house is beautiful but there's just some little tweaks like the bedding was um a bit of a dull colour we just swapped it for white bedding mm. um giving it that hotel feel yeah and, um so you know i oh, just one in, too many bits of furniture and like you said before as well about taking the personal photos away um because even though that house was not cluttered by any stretch or you know it didn't need rachel's attention <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but um, if if people need to imagine themselves living in that house and if there's too many personal items, it's like they're in somebody else's house. Mm. They need to be able to see it as what will be their
2: house. It makes people feel awkward, doesn't it, if yeah. there's, there's too much of the person's personality yeah. in the house. Well, I suppose you can't vision yourself
1: there then. No. Yeah. And you, it's as if you're imposing on And, and that's another else. reason
2: why we don't ask
3: our sellers to do their own viewings. We do the viewings for them, again, because... You find that if if a seller is doing the viewings, I mean, I I know, well, I don't know, but I'm pretty certain that I have sold a house that was on the market for seven years. Wow. With different estate agents. um, And I'm pretty sure one of the key things was us stopping the sellers doing the viewings. Yeah. And us doing the viewings. Just because, and you know, not not that the sellers are doing anything wrong, but they start if they've been in a house a long time and there's things that need doing, they start apologising for the <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. And they say, oh, I know this bathroom needs updating, <laughs> <laughs> but what you could do is this, that, and the other. And the person's thinking, oh, well, actually, I was fine with this bathroom, but now that's ten grand. And, spend <laughs> the bathroom.
2: Yeah. and,
3: and whereas we would, you know, we point out all the positives of a yeah. home, mm. um, and then when somebody's viewing with us, you know, as, as silly as it sounds, there's lots of things that we do. Like we have a plan for viewing. Um, turn on all the lights before you start a viewing you you always start in the best room of the house and finish in the best room of the house like we all have a plan as you're doing viewings upstairs you start in the smallest bedroom because then when you go through the bedrooms the bedrooms get bigger and bigger and bigger Mm. you start in the biggest bedroom and they get smaller and smaller and smaller. by the time you get to the small room you're like oh this is a bit small isn't it yeah when you started in that room you think oh this is the smallest that's great and then they can't
2: remember that by the time they get
3: into the biggest one so it's all and and you know somebody will take a lot longer to view a house with us um because they don't feel like they're imposing on the cellar yeah, We're all polite British, aren't we? We don't want to feel that, like well, we're taking say, your time yeah, yeah. I was going to say
1: that about the apology thing. It's a very yeah. British trait, yeah. isn't it? We apologise for everything, even if we don't need to. Mm. Um, but it, it's interesting, you know... I mean, you're giving away some of your trade secrets here, really.
3: <laughs> There's going to be estate
1: agents all over the land
3: tuning in to see this what is they the need thing. to do. Our, our motto in the office is that we do things that other estate agents either can't or won't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's won't on mm. most levels, really. Mm. Well, you know, I suppose
1: every business runs its own way, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. from a business perspective, what, I mean... <laughs> an obvious question at the moment is how did you get through the pandemic but you started in the pandemic so what challenges have you faced as entrepreneurs as business owners what's
2: been your biggest challenges so far Rachel I think for me it's because what I'm doing is not widely known about it's to try and get the message across to people that help is available Um, because I purposely made it my business to sell my services to like normal people because previously home staging it does exist but it exists in places where there's lots of money Mm. where people have already had the houses done by an interior designer and they just get them back to stage the house so it all looks perfect whereas my, from my point of view I was like why can't you know somebody who lives in a three bed semi have that same service as somebody who lives in a million pound house um, because everybody deserves to get the best return on their investment um, but it's about letting people know that these things exist mm-hmm. Um, and the same with the interior design aspects of what I do. again, it's for people who just can't pick a paint color or they don't know what kind of curtains versus what kind of rug to get or, yeah. you know, yeah. and and the cluttering, the decluttering, it's you know people who just feel like their house has taken control of them, and that could be in a small way or it could be in a really serious way, but it's just letting people know that actually. There is somebody that won't judge them, that will just help them. Um, so all of these messages are to people that maybe don't even know they need help. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they certainly don't know the help is available. So that's that's been my main sort of obstacle. Um, but it's we're getting there. It's mm-hmm. by being consi- consistent. It's uh, That's right. That's right. Claire, what would you say your
1: biggest challenges have been?
3: Yeah. Um, I think, well, it is getting your name out there as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, And balancing, I guess, giving the service that we want to and then having the volume of business, (laughs) So, which was a challenge that I had with the franchise that we had before, um, was that to do the chimney pot estate agency if you like and do a huge volume I just didn't feel like you could give the service that we wanted to give so I think it's balancing those things like making sure you're busy enough but you're not so busy that you can't give the service that you want to give
2: yeah Mm. and that's the problem with like picking a niche yeah (laughs) it is great in a lot of aspects because less competition but also it's harder. you're making your own life harder because it is so specific
0: Sorry to interrupt your podcast, but is your business in desperate need of a lick of paint? An out-of-date website, branding that just isn't a true representation of your business. Looking for fresh new video content, animation, live streaming, a new podcast, and content that will grab people's attention and drive eyeballs to your brand? Stardom Media can help. Get in touch today, www.stardommedia.co.uk. Right, back to the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a double whammy, isn't it? It's letting people know that the service actually exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For you, Claire, it's letting people know that there is an alternative to the usual high street yeah. estate
3: agent. Because you've not got a, a high street
1: no. shop front, have you? Yeah, no,
3: because we don't. Build <laughs> you know, high street shops cost a fortune, mm-hmm. and where does that that cost just gets passed on to your customers anyway, doesn't it? And we just don't think you need that because 90... I think the stat is something like 99% of people find the next house on a portal such as Rightmove or Zoopla. Yeah, there's there's nobody
2: under 60 that goes and looks in estate agents' windows.
3: I also had this conversation with a customer recently about the estate agent. He was like, well, I look in an estate agent's window. I said, well, I look in an estate agent's window. When I go on holiday, I'll go anywhere as well, but I'm not in the market for any of those houses. And he went, oh... (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, because
3: yeah. actually, if I was in the market for a house, I'd be looking on Rightmove. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's it. So it's 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 different, isn't it? Being uh, someone who's interested in property, like we were saying, we are like looking at properties online. It's literally window shopping. And, uh, exactly, isn't it? it's yes. window shopping. It's yeah. like looking at designer shoes and handbags. We can't all afford them, but we really like looking at them, exactly, don't we? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, there is that. So, you both, we are Wakefield members. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Rachel, you, you've been there with us quite a while now, haven't Since you? Since last February, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so a year now. And Claire, how long September. have you been? September. And you have actually collaborated, which is amazing, which we is have, what yeah. we're all about the yeah. collaborations. Yeah. So, tell me how that came about, how you got into conversation, how you discovered each other?
3: Well, we met and chatted at an event, I think, didn't yeah. we, initially, and then followed it up with a one-to-one and a coffee.
2: Yeah, talked about houses, as we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and
3: yeah, then obviously... I think we've got a lot of synergy and things. Yeah. That, you know, you, you know when you get on with somebody, and you're going to be able to work with them, don't you? you sort of see things, see the world in the
2: same way. Exactly.
3: <laughs> um, so yeah, I, and then Rachel was kind enough to introduce me to a customer. Yeah, I was I was
2: staging somebody's house. He came to me, and I mean, the perfect customer really because he realised. He'd been living in the house for about 13, 14 years, bought it as new, not done a thing to it in that time and realised that all of a sudden he needed to play catch up if he wanted to sell it and get the best return. So he got in touch with me and then he told me that he'd seen a few estate agents and they were all the high street, you know, big commercial ones. And so I said, well, would you have a word with Claire because I think you get a better service from her. And he was like, Yep, yeah, give him a give her give me a number and we did and I think she got the list okay. I did, yeah. And I had the pleasure of seeing before
3: and after of Rachel's work. <laughs> and it was unrecognisable, <laughs> <really. laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Well that's phenomenal phenomenal uh, really, because obviously there's that synergy there it all came from like I always say to people from a conversation yeah yeah. you know having conversations and learning about what each other does you know and and extending that to a cuppa after an event and you know getting those collaborations together which is absolutely phenomenal
2: well because it's not like um some other forms of networking where you just sort of blindly referring people mm. you know we we knew didn't we that we got on yeah and we yeah. knew that you know we'd be quite happy like Claire's given my number to a couple of her clients who have moved house and want to do you know renovations or whatever and, you know, now she's seen what I do. It's a lot easier then for her to say, oh, well, actually I know somebody and and vice versa. You know, I'd much rather promote an independent business who mm. I know is going to give the service that I would give rather than just saying, oh, yes, I know somebody who does that. that you know, there's a difference. Mm. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful to see. I mean, from from working together once, I'm sure it'll happen again and, yeah. and things yes. will lead on from that. But. What what have been your biggest
2: achievements, do you feel, so far, since you started the business? Um, I think... I don't, I don't have one specific thing. I think it's being able to diversify and adapt as I've gone on, because the start of the business it was all based around home staging but then obviously lockdown (laughs) just got tighter and tighter and it was like you can't go into people's houses (laughs) what am I gonna do Mm -hmm. um and so it was just reframing and looking at what else I could do and and just pushing myself out of my comfort zone and just going and speaking to people and asking for work and you know I just having those conversations because what is the worst that can happen Mm -hmm. um So, yeah, I don't think there's there's not one thing that sticks out. I'm just, I'm really proud of how many risks I've taken when I was busy telling myself that I'm not a risk taker. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just proving that actually I am. And and that's, you benefit much more from taking risks than just sitting at home waiting for things to happen.
1: Absolutely. And what's the worst thing that can happen when you're out of your comfort zone? Yeah. It's,
2: it's Yeah and and if you back yourself and you're confident in your own abilities then other people will be and mm. they are like nobody's ever said no it's like other people have come to me and said oh have you thought about doing this or you know why don't we work on this and it's like wow I would never have thought of that myself and it's
1: yeah i mean you came over to me at nostal where i'm based uh, and i've got the smallest office literally the smallest office on I think Nostal it is estate. literally the
2: smallest it's, office it's I've ever seen
1: slightly <laughs> bigger than a cupboard <laughs> uh, but it's small but perfectly formed and it's got a little bit of character hasn't yeah, it, it has. but when I moved in there it was very bland shall we say yeah it had a rather Un-
2: uninspiring
1: uninspiring is the perfect word <laughs> Rachel yes and we had a little chat and I think I know everything so I thought well I'm just going to get it painted a bit of a, a pale gray brighten it up a little bit. See if I can have a, a nice neutral carpet because the carpet was a bit, a bit leery, wasn't it? <laughs> um, and you walked in and straight away, well, if you turn your desk around this way and if you put some color in that fireplace and if you do this, that, and the other, and get these get prints on plants. the wall, get some <laughs> plants. And you brought me some plants, which I'm very grateful for. Artificial ones, I've got to say, because there's no natural no daylight light in there, there. <laughs> so we have to be careful. But I thought that I was good. At that and I don't think I'm bad, don't get me wrong, because I enjoy it and I'm interested in it. But just with those few little tips that you saw straight away mm. actually made all the difference. So even if you think you know it all, like yeah. me, it's really interesting to get your perspective on it because just... In a few suggestions, it mm-hmm. was completely transformed, wasn't it?
2: Well, it's like your office is like your home, though. It's. it's I just, spend a lot of time there. You, you do to say. spend a lot of time there, and and you stop seeing things because, mm-hmm. like you say, you know what you know. Yeah, and. It's like I live and breathe it. So and it's having having a just an objective pair of eyes to go, oh, why do you do that? And it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Well, because mm-hmm. that's not what you do every day, but <laughs> yeah. it is what I do every day. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's how to take a space, like you say, from uninspiring to and very small. And very small. To making the best use of the space. But like you said, you now feel more productive in that mm-hmm. space because it gives you the energy that you need and energy is something it all sounds a bit woo-woo yeah. <laughs> but it's important mm. and we are surrounded by energy and that's what like attracts you to other people isn't it, it's all our energies yeah. that attracted us to each other mm-hmm. um, and it, energy in a space needs harnessing and, and, and using to, to produce what you want it to produce yeah,
1: yeah so Claire what do you think your greatest achievements have been so far?
3: um well I think like we say about going out of your comfort zone like I am probably a bit of well I must be a bit of a risk taker because here we are but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I think pushing myself out of my comfort zone but going up against what I perceived as these big national companies very established agencies that have been on going on for years um, being able to go and take houses that they'd had on the market for sale and um, for years sometimes mm. or you know the, uh, one house had been through all the big national brands and you know um, high end brands and all the rest of it and then taking them and actually selling them um, that's been that's been my biggest achievement and not just for me like one of one of my best moments I think in the last couple of years has been I had this couple um, and like I said they've been trying to sell the house for seven years they really wanted to go up to the northeast and retire near the grandchildren and there was a they were held back by this house. It was like a noose round the neck, mm-hmm. you know. They weren't getting... It just wasn't selling. And, you know, and the lady, she stood in the kitchen on the day we were handing her keys and they had this big bunch of flowers for me, which was lovely, but she just said, oh, Claire, she said, I honestly thought we were never going to move. And, like, the, just the relief and the fact that they've just been able to really move on, like you said before, moving on to that next chapter in the lives... Like, that is the best drug ever. It's amazing. It's just lovely to know that you've helped them do that. Um, So that's my best achievement.
1: I mean, basically, what you're both doing is helping people through very stressful times. I mean, I know, is it divorce, moving house? Mm -hmm. And I I can't remember what the other things are, but moving house is one of the most stressful things you'll ever do, isn't it? Definitely, It's so
3: stressful. And it's, you know, not just getting the sale is only half of it like the work that goes into then getting that sale to complete um but yeah and and, you know we just you actually get really close to your clients mm. because you spend so much time with them and, like, you're in their house, you know their world, they open up all sorts of things to you, which is wow. <laughs> you don't need to know, how to speak,
2: babe. <laughs> but you know, like, use another podcast. Oh, yeah.
3: they invite you into their homes. And some say, I mean, I, I, I went to a, a million pound property and she le- I left with the keys. I'd never met the woman before. And she was like, Yeah, yeah, I just saw the house and gave me the key. And you think, Oh my god, like, people put so much trust in you that I think you that's. Um, you shouldn't underestimate that. That's um, a lot of value in that, that people are willing to trust you with things. Mm-hmm. So you've got to, like, I don't know, tread carefully. And <laughs> Absolutely,
1: yeah. But it, the, the gratitude must be there at the end of it when yeah. you've, you've supported someone yeah. through these really stressful times. Mm-hmm. I mean, yours, your clients, they're not just people who are selling houses, are they, Rachel? They're,
2: no, they're, they're just people who are struggling with overwhelm from life. And it just manifests itself in different ways. Um, so they might have too much stuff, or literally they can't pick a paint color. I mean, it, I keep saying it, but it sounds ridiculous. And there's so many people who go, "Well, why can't they just pick a paint color?" And it's like, well, it's not just about that. It's about everything that's led them up to that point. Um, and for some people, it can literally be ruining their lives. Mm. Um, so yeah, all of my the thing that all of my clients have in common is overwhelm, and. It's the best feeling to take somebody from overwhelmed to excited in literally the space of a conversation, lifting a massive weight yeah. off their shoulders. I had I had one um, lady on Friday who was having a problem picking a paint color, and it turned out that was just the top of the iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> it was there was all, all lots of other things that had led up to this point, but she was having um, she suffers from anxiety and she was having heart palpitations, and. I went to see her on Friday, and on Saturday evenings she messaged me and she said, my heart palpitations have almost gone. Wow. Mm. (laughs) I was like, wow.
1: (laughs) And that must feel amazing that you've had that impact. Absolutely. Just through supporting people through decisions.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and it is. It's just holding people's hands whilst giving them a kick up the backside is how I describe it. I mean, I love all the... the Programs on TV about the decluttering
3: and yeah. the
1: decorating and the love it or list it, you yeah. know. So, do you ever go into a property, Claire, and think they're crazy to sell this? Why are they selling it? And, and has has anyone ever said to change their mind? Once you've done all this amazing work, <laughs> well, both of you really. Once you've done all this amazing work in their homes, do they not think we're just going to love it? We're not
3: going to list it. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Um, I've not quite had that, but Mm. I do quite often get people saying when we give them the property brochures and things that we, they're like, I love it. Like, I'm not sure we want to move now, but they Mm. they, they They have have already made that decision. And I think like Rachel said, when people are moving house, that's what I find. It's quite a long decision. Like sometimes we'll go and see people and they might not list that house for another 18 months because they're just on that journey, but they're not quite there. Um, especially people that are downsizing because you know we all we sat out as a first time buyer and it's great get on the property ladder and then it's like right i'm gonna get my bigger house now because i've got a partner oh now we're having kids let's get the bigger house now i need to move for work so i'm gonna get this other house and there's all push 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 to get a bigger house but once you get to the point where you're downsizing there's nothing really pushing you to do that Mm. not imminently anyway you kind of know that you're gonna need to do it in the next five to ten years but there's nothing saying you need to do it by june um, so, yeah, those people those people are the ones that um, take such a long time. Um, so, yeah, I think people that are downsizing on that journey, they're the ones that you maybe go and see them and you're like, this is a fabulous house and, yeah, mm. why are you selling it? But they do need to sell it. There's <laughs> two people rattling around in a big six-bedroom yeah. property. Especially over. Yeah. these days with the rising costs yeah. of everything. Yeah, well, exactly. So, yeah, but then, yeah, like I say, it can be... A long time before they actually.
2: Well, that's it because that actually house. selling the house is a culmination of so many other processes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And there's usually, you know, the reasons why. There's so many different drivers mm. that you know selling the house is like the last thing mm-hmm. to then enable them to. Reset the course. It's it's you know it changing is, it? it's, changing it's the changes life. Changes in
1: your circumstances. Changes mm. in your family life. Mm. Kids growing up, moving on. That's emotional in itself. Yeah, one way or another. I'm counting the days down until I <laughs> can. to <outside>, <laughs> say, but that, you know that's just,
3: just me. me. I think it's a big thing, though. It's <laughs> like you know, chill. It's often a family home that's been in the family yeah. for twenty years, thirty mm, yeah. years, maybe, and kids have been grown up that have grown up there, and you know, there's a lot of memories, isn't there? And I think people struggle to let go of that sometimes, it's, even though they know it's what they need to do.
1: That emotional attachment, again, mm, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, mm. that, that we all have, and it's it's places and things that memories are made of, us, I suppose. So. They
2: are, but then it, it's interesting when you pack up a house. And you're just reminded that actually it is just bricks and mortar because the home is what you've packed up in those boxes and you take that with you. So, and I think that's why it's so hard to sell an empty house.
3: Absolutely. Because there's empty houses are hard to sell. All houses no, where really? people have moved out and just yeah. left the odd bit. There's, there's no, no love soul. in
2: it. There's, there's no love. There's mm. no positivity in it. It's just, and people don't have vision, do they? No. So even if there's like the grooves where the sofa's been and the bed's been, they can't visualise whether no. you'll get a double bed in there, no. even though you can see exactly where the, the double space. bed has been. Yeah. <laughs> we have got some tricks for that, though.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but can create a fake bed
2: yes. yeah yes, yeah of, i do i do it out of boxes and yeah. camping mattresses
1: yeah oh, all the tips mm. are coming out all the secrets <laughs> all the secrets no you both are doing amazing jobs with amazing businesses and it's really inspiring it's inspiring that these ideas came out of lockdown
0: and
1: mm-hmm. um, because we hear such horror stories but it's so positive both your stories and i've really enjoyed speaking to you about it today but the one um final thing i want to ask you Mm. which i'm asking everyone at the end of the podcast is what's your top tip for 23 and it can be anything it can be from a business perspective Mm -hmm. it can be from the perspective of what you actually
2: do so rachel what would your top tip for 23 be well, it's a top tip for twenty three and every other year, henceforth. <laughs> <laughs> it's bring some colour into your lives, people. <laughs> because you've no idea how what a difference colour makes to how you feel and your well being. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've done talks on colour psychology, haven't I? The We Are Wakefield thing, mm-hmm. but it's so fascinating and it's so important to feed your soul with some colour, even if it's just some plants. But just generally colours that make you happy. Think about, you know, holidays you've been on, times, you know, hotels you've been to, restaurants, where you've been in an environment which made you really happy or feel really relaxed and take some of that into your home or your office.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. Claire. Claire?
3: Well, mine is one that's kind of relevant to my business, but also to life in general, I think. Um, and I think that is to set your own course, I think, and make decisions that are right for you and not be too influenced by things that we see in the media and things that we see in newspapers, on the news, etc. Because um, I've seen so I've talked to so many people that have sort of said, Oh, well we were thinking about moving or we were thinking about doing this, but the Daily Mail says this or whatever. And actually, um, when you unpick what a lot of the media stories are and things like that, the you know, we I did a thing where I looked at some of the headlines in lockdown and it was like house prices are gonna fall by twenty percent. Actually they went up nine percent that year and <laughs> Yeah scaremongering. Right oh, yeah. So I just think don't ignore it all. You know, this year we've already seen a massive bounce back in the property market. So if you're thinking of selling and you want to sell because it's right for you and it's right for your family, then just do it. And I think that but I think that goes wider. Like just if it's right for you and it's right for your family or it's right for your business then just do it don't worry about what the people think yes i agree
1: great advice from two amazing ladies (laughs) so that's been the we are wakefield podcast i'm claire southerly um i hope you've enjoyed it and we'll catch up at an event soon I'm sure thank
0: you thank Thank you you the We Are Wakefield podcast was produced by Starder Media proud We Are Wakefield community members Starder Media is a content production house based in Wakefield West Yorkshire with over a decade of experience creating video animation live streaming podcasting graphic design and so much more for clients of all sizes across the UK Starder Media creating content to wow your audience